Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Exactly as I heard it in my head. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm glad we could all be here for that. Yeah. This one, this one, no inspiration. No, I just kind of like went with the, in the B-roll. We decided that was the one that we wanted yes. to use. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. Thank you for doing that. Oh my, you're welcome. You're so, oh man, it's going to hit me later tonight. I feel like I'm, I'm remembering 2 this is from another joke somewhere. I'm going to get a emoji. I can feel gonna... it. I can feel the emoji coming. I wish they would let me zoom right in on the mouth, by the way. I really need that like creative freedom with the emojis. Can I tell you something? I finally did it where I recorded a emoji and I forgot to send it to you and it would have been so freaking God. funny, dude. I, I know I regretted it. I wish I would have like saved like when you're writing a little text and then you close it by accident, but it's like, hey, I'm still here. So sorry everyone has to be here to hear this really terrible news. That was the bunny one, too. Mm. You know bunnies always old. So you are still here with April. And CJ in non-memoji form. In non-memoji form, obviously. So this week, we're going to be hitting kind of a, I would say, more of a hard-hitting topic. I would say so. One that's going to be, I think, a little bit strangely more controversial than even non-monogamy in a weird way. Would you say it's... Okay. Would you say it's one of the most controversial topics within us non-monogamy people? Non-monogers? I wouldn't say that. I think it's more just... Um... Or is this just another reason why monogamous people hate us non-monogamous people? Well, I would say even in non-monogamy, this is going to be... I, I think across the board, not like monogamous people or non-monogamous... I've gotten pushback on this topic from both. Yeah, for sure. So I think just across the board, people have a hard time with this concept. Yeah. And I guess we should tell you guys what we're talking about yeah. now that we are, you know, a few minutes in. Um, Let's see if you can guess it as we keep talking about yeah, it. Yeah, we'll act kidding. it out. And since you can't see us, you'll never get it. <laughs> um, so I, I probably going to call this as we're going, kind of the phrase that I coined, which is letting go gracefully. I wish we had some music to play right there. Da, na, 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 na. Very nice. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And you're probably wondering what the heck that means. Mm-hmm. Um, no, this is not about death, or at least not any physical form. Ooh. Mm-mm. Ah, it got I deep. It got it, deep. Didn't think we were going there. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't. That was just ad lib. <laughs> um, but really, what this has to do with is letting go of relationships in a more graceful manner. And what that could look like. And what that can look like. What and the what hell that, does that even mean, type thing? What does it mean? What does it feel like? What does it look like in practice? And, and why? Why does it even matter? Why does it even matter? Yeah. So we'll talk through a lot of this and understand that this is going to be a new concept for a lot of people. It may be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Like definitely like if you need to have some comforting items around you, if you need to take part in some substances that help you relax, like a cup of tea. <laughs> Nailed it. Um... <laughs> Um, and that's okay. That's going to be uncomfortable. Is most of yeah. what I want to say. Like if you like, if it feels like someone's coming after you, if it feels like someone's coming for your freaking life, yeah, it, it should. Yeah. To be honest. So I guess 
we can kind of start with what all this means. What does it mean yeah. to let go gracefully? Yeah. Um, I, I will say that this kind of came about for myself after watching a number of people go through divorce. Mm-hmm. A number of people go through very big, uh, ugly breakups. Mm-hmm. Nasty, nasty breakups. Yeah. Um, watching people also end friendships very kind of in an unhealthy way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and just saw a lot of people going through a lot of this. And I, I think we're kind of at an age where this does happen more frequently in your 30s. You, or at least you've experienced it enough like yeah. at this point where it's like, yeah, there probably is a method that could make this easier. So for me, that's where I, I started for myself to kind of break down, well, why is it this way? And can it be done differently? Mm-hmm. You know, do yeah. we, can we operate within relationships, romantic or otherwise, differently mm-hmm. than how we've been taught? Yeah. Um, so that's where I, I kind of started to deep dive for myself. And I think I even, I'm trying to remember when this really kind of came about for me. I know I, I think I started talking to even you about it a couple years ago as I was trying to form my ideas and my, you know, what did it look like in practice? Yeah. I mean, one thing that I, I do always say, I don't know how many times I said it on the podcast, but like, especially for myself, my experience is still like, I am still a monogamous person almost like experiencing a lot of this stuff, even though it's stuff that I want to be into. And like, like all, all of what was taught to me in a monogamous culture is still like my knee jerk reaction sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even if I feel like almost on a cellular level, I form love for as many people you know i feel in my blood i'm poly you know yeah um but it still will be like oh, like you know sometimes you you're literally reteaching yourself everything yes especially in terms of like what makes relationships healthy what like what what would make an ending healthy even yeah. you know um and that's where we're at today i like that uh we're also highlighting that this isn't just for romantic relationships also because i think we've all had at least one platonic situation mm-hmm. that had to end and was still very you know painful heavy weighted you know um just because there isn't romantic entanglement doesn't mean that it's not you know hurtful and like draining to yeah and this can be you know i i think this can serve you even leaving a career or a friendship or like any dynamic where you are in a way tied to something or someone Mm -hmm. this is useful at least it has been for me yeah and if you don't think that it's come up yet, trust me, if you are getting into the non-monogamous lifestyle, you are, that that is you growing. Yes. So, and as you grow naturally, you will grow out of certain places and certain people. Yes. So it will, like, I, I, I do wish I had this information also as I was growing because, like, sometimes, you know, if I could say I've had a solid amount of years of my own growth under my belt, it's still like, oh, yeah, I'm looking at, like, friendships that I'm growing out of and I'm, like, contemplating more, like well thinking about the information that we're going to be going over in this podcast like when is it the right time to be considering this what does that even look like you know and is there uh, i think we even get into like what kind of steps can we you know what's before that ultimate like break that you can try so like this is definitely something i wish i had earlier on in the journey too same um so let's talk about culturally how we're taught to end relationships i want to start by saying culturally like we probably think that if you have a end planned or an exit plan to take care of yourself that it looks like you're not probably committed to that person yes. like you maybe care less about that person or you're just super pessimistic i've heard that yeah yeah and unfortunately the truth is that an end will happen an end happens to everything everything yeah your life 
a job exactly everything comes to an end at some point you maybe heard of it called as like everything has a season yes you know and those seasons do come to an end and that doesn't mean that the connection was any less valid or meaningful nope it just kind of happens knowing that doesn't make you a bad person no i think it's more responsible to recognize that and i think culturally uh we've been done a pretty big disservice culturally when it comes to how we end relationships specifically Mm -hmm. yeah um if you look in popular media um anytime there's like a breakup in a movie it's always something terrible happens someone hurts someone Mm -hmm. someone's at fault very much one person is the villain one's the villain one's the complete victim and all hecklacious breaks loose and everyone's devastated Mm -hmm. and it's awful and no one can be friends and no like Mm -hmm. it's so contentious yeah and that i think really has been ingrained in us and i so often when people are getting divorced or breaking up you know it's a lot of times people want to find fault with the other party mm-hmm. or take sides or well what did they do mm-hmm. what happened what did they do to you yeah why'd they do it you know we're constantly looking for that blame piece mm-hmm. and i think if you've been in a relationship for any length of time you very quickly learn that relationships are complicated, complex, and it is never just one person's fault or one instance of yeah. anything. And I think it's to your detriment to think about it that way, to be honest, like as yes. if it's got to be one and one person is evil, because you then are, um, there's this piece that you could truly grow from and understanding yourself a little bit better and how you move in the world that you're totally forfeiting by just being like, nope, that person was wrong. I, I don't have to change anything about myself. I don't have to reflect it all about myself. Like that's a disservice to yourself. Yeah. You're not even allowing yourself to process the end of it. Yeah. You know? Or grow from it. Yeah. I see a lot of people get stunted because they don't process and grow. Um, So that's, you know, for me, that's where it really came about when I started really looking at, well, do I, you know, do relationships ending have to be so terrible and so horrific? And I just don't agree that they do. Yeah. Um, That's not to say they can't hurt I think things coming to an end always hurt. There's yeah. always grief there. Um, that doesn't mean you have to hate. Yeah. Hurt does not equal hate. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times people just don't know what to do with that hurt. And then they start lashing out. Yeah. So for me, that's kind of where it originated. Yeah. And I guess I will say, like, if you also fall on the intuitives spectrum, too, like, um, if you're responding to a feeling that you are having, which could be either you like pulling towards what's a needed growth or a needed learning experience for you. Um, if you're attaching it to what I call like a, a feel good like thought, which sometimes is, yeah, villainizing a person, then also you're kind of like missing the mark. That That's almost like a you're just giving yourself endorphins of a good feeling to like make somebody else the wrong person and not really doing that inner work that you need. That's yeah. kind of what I find, too. Yeah. Like what's really hard work is like, hey, we're we're two people who just couldn't make it happen and we love each other a lot and that just wasn't enough to make it work for either of us you know like that's like where it's like yeah and now sit with that because that can happen when i think also just accepting that you chose that person when you did for a reason and while they served for a while and you did well for a while that doesn't mean you're going to do well forever yeah and that's just a part of it and it doesn't cheapen the relationship no it doesn't change the experience it doesn't change anything other than the fact that it was good for a while and now it's not Mm -hmm. and that's life yeah you know you're not going to be with everyone forever 
that's just a part of it and Mm -hmm. i will i'm gonna even go a step further and i'm gonna i know i'm gonna get some hate for this i know it i can feel it for me first you probably no. (laughs) we're gonna fight Um, in this podcast i think i think unfortunately even marriage vows really set people up for failure you know um the idea that you are promising someone something that you cannot guarantee Mm -hmm. um and you can't control everything Mm -hmm. so you are being told that you need to make this vow and this promise Mm -hmm. but so much of it's not within your control Mm -hmm. to foresee or follow through yeah and i would say that's definitely a situation where you know you're saying you would get a lot of hate for that opinion uh i link that back to yeah that preparing in that situation does sound like almost non-committal especially in the marriage context yes where you're like oh come on till death do us part like i can definitely i'll just commit to that and it's like i mean and and for people listening who don't know me um i do call jay my partner Mm -hmm. but technically speaking jay is my husband according to the we are we are married Mm -hmm. um but we did that more so for legal kind of i would almost say business reasons because he wasn't even allowed to propose um (laughs) so this is not something i'm saying not having gone through marriage Mm -hmm. i am saying having done this and this is something that he and i agree on Mm -hmm. that you know marriage vows kind of set you up for failure a little Mm -hmm. you know that'd be like me promising at age eight that i'm going to be a veterinarian true how can i make i so many things will change yeah so you're asking someone who might be 20 to promise that they're going to grow change the exact same path and the exact same alignment with someone for the next 70 years Mm -hmm. and depending on how old they are when they do make that commitment like you really are setting yourself up for failure because you haven't even allowed yourself time to develop right and i think it's i think the example that i give most often with why it's not realistic to expect someone to be with you forever is if you look around very few people have their same set of friends mm-hmm. only those set of friends from kindergarten through age 100 That's and that is because you grow and you change mm-hmm. so you're going to grow apart from some you will mm-hmm. stay close with others and then you will meet new people who will help you grow and change again right yeah so it's a little more the natural cycle of life just yeah. like based on how life goes yes you know so we can kind of talk about what works or what this kind of looks like well do we want to talk about what it looks like in practice or discuss how we kind of set this up and how these i guess maybe they go hand in hand i think they might go hand in hand hand a little bit yeah so i will say for myself um with jay and with i've also done this with other uh exes um we are very cognizant of the fact that our relationship might not be forever Mm -hmm. we have spoken on this we continue to speak on it Mm -hmm. this is actually a check-in point for us Mm -hmm. that this might not be forever Mm -hmm. um one it kind of takes the fear out of it Mm -hmm. we're not afraid of it yeah what i was gonna say is like well what you're about to hear is a reframing of a very natural normal thing that can happen yes and this isn't like going to your partner and doom and gloom saying like by the way this is all gonna end one day no it's like in fact i think it's like a a more caring way to look at it you know i will say for myself um and actually i am still friends with a number of my exes i think because of how i move about in relationships i'm hoping Mm -hmm. um because i do want i like these people Mm -hmm. there's a reason i chose these i've chosen them Mm -hmm. or they've chosen me vice versa so my goal in these relationships is to end them in a way that i could still maintain a friendship if that serves us both Mm -hmm. yeah and 
having it not be contentious and hateful and drama filled kind of allows for that. I would also say just like as a non-monogamous person, people are never really gone gone. No. Especially like with the people who you'll end up dating might also be non-monogamous. Oh my God, if you're lucky, fingers crossed. Um, and those kind of, you know, those people don't ever really leave your orbit, especially because we're in a, such a small group of people who are non-monogamous, first of all. Yeah. Also, serial monogamous are always around because they yes. can't figure themselves out. So to really be like, make a show of like, oh, and now I'm going to block you and I'm not going to talk to you. It's like, I mean, you can. You can. But there's also like a very small pool of people and they're all, they'll always be on the dating apps. So like, how do you want to handle that? Looking at the bigger picture of like, hey, this person's probably going to be in your orbit for a while. Yeah. And it's, you know, so we we've had conversations and continued. I think actually might have just talked about it again two weeks ago. When we had a check-in um but we are we are always aware that this is not necessarily forever mm-hmm. we would like it to be mm-hmm. but we both understand it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. and that is okay i think it also kind of keeps us on our game a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah that if we don't both try and work at this mm-hmm. there is an exit yeah you know it's not a guarantee that i'm going to be there every day or he will be if we don't try mm-hmm. yeah so we're not complacent right exactly we are proactive. Well, which also um, you may hear in certain um, poly groups where like when, you know, especially like couples who have been together for a while decide to open and then like, you know, you're having all that energy with the new people you're dating. You're like established relationship starts like slacking because like you were already in a situation where you were comfortable with not showing up for that relationship. You're like, oh, I'm already committed. Maybe we share a home. Maybe we are married. So you just feel like that person's going to be there no matter what. So unfortunately, what that ends up looking like is you do treat them yeah. less or worse. So yeah, I do think that's like a good way to like, oh, not avoid, but sort of like at least be engaging with that aspect of like, listen, the same energy that you have for those other people that you're going to be like going on dates, treating mm-hmm. dinner, doing whatever, buying gifts, like that better be also what yeah. I'm getting here or I'll find someone who will do that for me. Yeah. Because we, we deserve that. In romantic relationships, I think you deserve to feel, like, appreciated, seen. Yeah. Well, and it's for the same way, you know, I think you and I talked about this one time. Um, it might have not been with you. I feel like it was with you, where I was like, you know, in the same way that if I go make another friend, I'm just not going to set you down and be like, okay, I'm over here with my new friend. It feels like that sometimes. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just um, But I wouldn't do that with a friend either. Mm-hmm. So why would I do that with a romantic partner like yeah for me it's the same mm-hmm. yeah. um so i always recommend to people first of all have the conversation about the fact that you could break up mm-hmm. even if you're in a really good spot and I actually recommend doing this when you're in a really good place yeah have that conversation take the fear out of it mm-hmm. everyone seems to be so afraid of it mm-hmm. it's like death you can fear it it's going to happen mm-hmm. yeah so instead try to find peace with it yeah try to own it and that way you are operating within the relationship how you want mm-hmm. in the same way that you're operating in life how you want. So if you're going to die tomorrow, what do you want to do today? Mm-hmm. And I kind of look at relationships the same way. If your relationship is going to end at some point, how do you want to operate in it in the meantime? Yeah. And but then also going back to like, you know, how that's more caring, because like what it actually looks like when you don't have an exit plan is like you have so much stuff to figure out and you're also emotionally compromised out the ass. Yes. So you're a mess mm-hmm. and rightfully so because of what you're going through. And now you have to figure out, especially depending on your level of commitment with that person. Were you, you have kids, you married? Yeah. house, businesses, All things this. with the things. At that point, and if you, and you have a full-time job and especially if there are kids and you have like schedules where you need to be picking them up. Mm-hmm. And where do you have time to take care of yourself? Yeah. 
So it really, like, literally looking at it logically. Yes. You know? And so to say, like, hey, by the way, if, you know, anything were to happen, I think you should already know that you're going to maybe be going to therapy more. You're going to maybe need to start, like, a hobby class or whatever to make sure you don't lose yourself and everything. You know, like, those kind of things can really help you continue to show up, especially if you're a parent, Mm -hmm. you know, and not totally fall apart. Or, like, have your friends on lock of, like, hey, I will probably be leaning on you guys a little more while I'm going through this just to give you a heads up. Let me know what your ability is and, like, what you can and can't give. Like, even, like... I think I said that to a few of my friends where it was like, hey, just let me know if I'm ever, like, when I lost my little brother, I'm like, hey, I know this is going to, you would not be hurting my feelings to say that I'm talking too much about my little brother, you know, type situations. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, just let me know where I can and can't put it so that I know for myself when I need to have, like, a boohoo moment about that. Where I go. That I can, yeah, where Mm -hmm. I go. And then, and it's like, I would prefer that so much more. It's like, you are not a bad person for telling me you can't handle it at that time because I don't want to feel bad about having those feelings. Yeah. So don't put me in a situation where I would feel bad about, especially if I'm empathic and feeling you you're not going to hide that you don't want to hear that from yeah. me so it, it really is just a preparation thing and a caretaking thing for yourself and for the people around you for your kids if there are kids involved yeah it's you know it's like anything else in life um you know we i think i did a post about this the other day in our group where i said basically we prepare and plan for everything else in life yeah we make wills for you know, when we die, mm-hmm. we buy burial grounds ahead. Burial grounds? Do we buy the burial grounds, April? Hmm. Um, <laughs> the whole burial plot thingies? The things. The plot thingies. Oh, God. Cemetery plot. There you go. Plot. There yeah. we go. So we do all these things. We have directives ahead of time. We have executive estates. Mm-hmm. Uh, we make five-year plans with our businesses and our jobs. And we make plans for having kids. And we mm-hmm. make plans for moving. And, like, so we do this planning and everything else in our life other than relationships ending. And why? Um, I think culturally we're taught that we're not supposed to end things like that. I, I think, yeah, I think it does go back to that monogamy culture of like, oh, well, if you're planning the end, you probably don't want to see it through or things right. like that, which is totally not the case. So, you know, I always suggest one, take the fear out of it. Mm-hmm. Two, while it's good, plan. Mm-hmm. And what does that, what, what does that mean? So I will speak for myself. Um, Jay and I both know how we would divide up our assets. We have agreed ahead of time that I would keep the business. Um, You know, we've talked about who goes where, who goes what. We've also discussed if we're open to alternative arrangements Mm -hmm. that maybe don't look traditional. So, For example? So, for example, we are both open to living in separate spaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now we do live together. Um, But we are open to living in separate spaces without ending the relationship and also being open to the fact that us living in separate spaces isn't a negative i think a lot of people see that as a such a negative thing um god do you remember like i would say for me it was maybe around 10 years ago the idea of like hearing couples that like slept in different bedrooms and being mm -hmm. like oh my god i hope that's never me meanwhile fast forward to having a partner who snores while you sleep you're like get out i really would like i'm gonna smother you with my pillow i will say like i gotta i gotta say the best thing you can do is not feel like every comment like that is the end of the world because i remember with that partner at that time that i had said that too it was very like sometimes i'd have to be like worrying all day about being like hey i have a big day tomorrow so i'm just gonna sleep in the second bedroom because because i don't want to sleep next to you obviously I love sleeping next to you. I love you so much. But just for this one night, I'm going to have to. And then that partner who's like, oh, but you know, I can't sleep well if you're not in the bed. I'm like, I know, I understand that. So just for this one night, I'm going to need you to like be a little bit uncomfortable and I'm going to have a good sleep for my very big day tomorrow. You know, like, and that's like way more emotional management than I, than, than I would need to if there was like, you know, if you understand that, like, okay, hey, 
this isn't re this doesn't change yeah. the dynamic of the relationship this person still loves me they're just taking care of themselves in a way you know and it's you know i think it can be useful when things are maybe rocky mm -hmm. i think it can be useful just in general mm -hmm. um i don't think everyone has to live together yeah i think i think as someone who is non-monogamous i am definitely open about like those different like what those look like too where it's like well i mean how how okay are we with still like maintaining certain levels of this and like what can mm -hmm. we also achieve by like giving ourselves the space we need or like you know even shifting primary status like that was something that i was considering nearing the end of my marriage where it's like hey maybe we just shouldn't be each other's primaries anymore but we could still stay in each other's life yeah. you know but yeah i think just being open to possibility open to options open to thinking new ways mm -hmm. um you know I, I think for myself, because I am so empathic that I could see us living apart for, you know, having two places that we can go back and forth or however mm -hmm. that looks because I sometimes just need energy breaks. Yeah. Um, I will also say when we went through a really rough patch, we both realized that being in the same space never gave us time to like take the pressure cooker off. Yeah. So Especially this pressure just cooker, like home and work. Yeah. Like right? the pressure cooker just kept building and mm -hmm. there was no release. There was mm -hmm. no like... We couldn't get space to let our energy calm down. Yeah. So for us, we're open to alternative living arrangements. We're open to we're open to a lot. Like we really aren't closed off to much because we've never done it. Yeah. So I always recommend like discussing different alternative arrangements. What does that look like? Feel like if it brings up fear for you, talk through that fear. Yeah. Ask yourself what it is. What are I want to say what are you making it mean but i don't i don't mean that negatively i mean like what is the story that you have about what this would mean for you and like talk through that yeah like same thing about like oh you're not sleeping in bed with me and that is that because we're breaking up it's like oh whoa, whoa, whoa you know like that's not my intention for that mm -hmm. i'm still committed to this i just need xyz you know yep and i will say you know the happiest place this is going to sound odd the happiest place i have been is when he and i both kind of let go of that fear of not being together Mm -hmm. so it lets us move about more freely it lets us be honest it lets us just like this is this is where i'm at like it, it's funny because i've told people before if they heard us in our house they would probably think we hate each other but there are moments he'll walk into the bedroom and i'm like i need you to get out i just need mo I, need, I, I need space out mm -hmm. and because we've done what we've done he knows that that doesn't mean anything to him he knows i just i just need him i need my own energy space for a moment mm -hmm. and that's just how i have to like i need you to leave for a second mm-hmm and he's not afraid of me leaving. He's not afraid that that means I'm walking out the door. Like, none of that. Mm -hmm. We've let go of that fear. Well, I will say that that came with a substantial amount of work. A lot of work. But I will say that's probably the most worthwhile work you can ever do for Absolutely. a partner. I, I can't, like, for that, that is, like, so healing. Yes. You know? Doesn't mean it's not hard. No. Doesn't mean I wouldn't be sad. This is what Glennon Doyle says. She's like, it's not that it's not going to be hard, but it's finally going to be the right kind of hard. Correct. You choose your heart. So. Yeah. I'm trying to choose my heart. <laughs> That's a different joke. podcast. <laughs> um, you know, I also recommend if the relationship needs to end, having that plan ahead of time as well. Mm -hmm. Do you need attorneys? Yeah. Can you get by with a mediator? Mm -hmm. Can you, do you not need any of that? Can you do it yourself? Mm -hmm. What does that look like in your state? what are the laws in your state are you is there a house that has to be like each state has their own divorce laws mm -hmm. um or civil union laws mm -hmm. so look up those 
Start mm-hmm. to educate yourself what that looks like. What do you mm-hmm. legally have to do if these are ending? What are you responsible for? Can you open up your own bank account? Can you take yeah. your money out of the current account? Do you share an account? Mm-hmm. What does all that look like? Exactly. Um, because trying to make those very complex choices and complex decision making when you are under duress and grief yeah. is very hard. And I will say like there are some some of these professionals who work in this field of like mediating or divorce l- attorneys or things like that they are willing to have a phone call with you where they just give mm-hmm. you information like that has been the best thing to, for me to be honest yes where it's like somebody just having a real talk about like what does the process look like someone who's been through it before who's a professional does it for a living you know like and 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 that's free you know and it's also like it, it helped empower me to know what i could ask for as a especially in my dynamic where i was making less money mm-hmm. you know um so it was it very much was like okay here's what you can do you know and it's like without feeling like i'm trying to be like a conniving person or anything like that that i'm trying to hurt that person you know so yeah so come up with those exit plans while it's good much Mm -hmm. like you would a will yeah ahead of time this is this is essentially your life insurance policy yeah this is your plan for when things do get shitty Mm -hmm. how are you going to handle it exactly So sit down, map it out. If you're type A like myself, write it down. Make an Excel spreadsheet, however that serves you. Exactly. Um, And when you think about it this way, if you do it when things are good, you are doing it in a place of love for yourself and for that person. Yes. Because like when you think about how you would look, the same way when you're thinking about writing a a will, like you're thinking about how can I take care of these people after I'm gone? Yes. It's the same thing. How can I, how would I want to see you taken care of once I'm gone? You know, even if I'm actually still physically here. And there's a reason they also don't like you updating your wills on your deathbed. That is not the optimum time. And it's people try to do that. So same thing. Don't try to update your relationship will when it's on the deathbed. Mm -hmm. You were like, at first I had all these containers that you could use to take your stuff, but now I'm going to burn it all. Yeah. People people get real petty at the end. It's interesting to watch at times, but. Culturally justified. Yes. Have you Have you ever, like, seen on TikTok where people be like, oh, I saw this one girl, like, pouring glue and glitter inside of the car of the yes. ex. And I'm like, yo, that's you big property mad. damage. Yeah. Like, like, that's what, and every, of course, and it was going viral because everyone was like, he deserved it. I would have done much worse, yeah. you know? And it's like, y'all are going to go to jail. Well, we've seen people leak nudes before, which is illegal. We've, I mean, people get really upset and really hurt and don't know how to channel that hurt and grief. Yeah. And that's what ends up happening. Exactly. So, you know, I think also it's responsible and acceptable to speak to that grief and talk to it even when things are good. Like, it's okay to recognize, like, if we do have to end, that's really going to suck. Mm-hmm. That'll really suck. Yeah. I will be really sad. Yeah. I remember one session, Jay and I, when it was kind of rocky, we were talking about it. And he and I just kind of sat there and both cried for probably half an hour. Yeah. But in some ways, that was healing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to grieve. You're going to be sad. You're going to be sad. You're going to grieve. You're going to grieve. Yeah. And that's okay. And it almost, it was almost a little, you know, I don't want to say revitalizing when we both sat there and cried. But it was just kind of like we both knew in that space we were both sad and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we could be. Yeah. And we didn't need to blame. We didn't need to be angry. We didn't have to hate each other. We're both sad. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, we worked through that moment. Um, but I think we were able to because we were open to other options. And going, well, if this version doesn't work, what else do you want to try? Mm-hmm. So what's your, like, if you had a, a quick rap sheet of, like, what what's, do you have, like, an exit plan now for, mm-hmm. um... I actually, I wanted to ask specifically more about emotionally, what would your plan be? 
Um, and if you need time to think about it, I can start. Interesting question. Um, so I think for myself, if I had to exit from J, and I've exited from X's, like I've I've mm-hmm. had a series of very like what I consider longer term boyfriends. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I try to just give my space, give myself the space to grieve. Mm-hmm. But I really try to curtail the finger pointing. Yeah, and anger. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've been angry, I'm sure. Um, and, and you can call me out if I'm if I'm not being... I just want you all to know that April's lying right now. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, crap. I call you out. I call you out live. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, I'll just edit it out. <laughs> no, I'm <kidding>. You bitch. <laughs> you edit out for me saying you, best person in the world. <laughs> she is amazing. <laughs> um, but I feel like for the most part, I try to allow my space to grieve Mm -hmm. um i do typically start grieving the end of a relationship before it ends Mm -hmm. so when it is ending and when it doesn't finally end i am i am in a little bit of a better space because i did start grieving and knew and i think everyone knows when a relationship's ending yeah if you're gonna sit there and be like oh she's pessimistic no i'm I'm realistic yeah listen if you've gone through it it's a very specific feeling it's a specific feeling and you know and i knew so i started grieving and I also am big on ending things before they get nasty. Yeah. I've seen too That's many relationships true. end really nasty because they just held on too long. And that's when you get into the cheating and the bad mouthing and the pitting against yeah. each other. Like, and not like, and I think that comes from like, you're not observing your limit. Like you're not observing when you've burned out, when you're done, when you're over it. Yeah. You're not like over it, I mean, but like you're, you know, it has reached the end. You know it and you've been ignoring it yes. because you think that you can maybe make it work, but it hasn't, you know, like that kind of thing yeah. will push you to be a different version of yourself Yeah. that you probably won't be proud of after the fact, Yes. to be honest. You know, I think it's, um, I, this, this might again sound weird. Um, last year I had to put two of my puppies asleep. I say puppies, they were 14 and 15. Um, but I could tell when they were near the like and it was responsible and it also was a caring act I believe on my part to give them a healthy safer more caring end to that agony instead of just letting them suffer for months because I could have I could have let them suffer for months but that is not how I want their end to happen. And I also am very much view my relationships in that way. Mm-hmm. If I know we are reaching a point where it's going to be agony and it's going to per- put both of us into a space that we are just, we're just getting beat to death and it mm-hmm. hurts and we're suffering. Yeah. Let's, let's just stop. Let's stop that suffering. Let's euthanize that part of the relationship. Because let me tell you something, the grief that comes after is always going to be what it is. It is. You're not prolonging it. No. You're just deciding how you are going to move through it based on when you decide to finally make that decision and that's why i say gracefully Mm -hmm. i think that's why i really like that term letting go gracefully because i let my dogs go gracefully Mm -hmm. it still hurt yeah oh god it's gonna hurt it still hurt it ain't gonna hurt um any less i've let my exes go as gracefully as i can Mm -hmm. um and it still hurt but we didn't hate each other yeah. We didn't badmouth each other. We didn't send vicious emails. Like, there was none of that. Yeah. And I'm actually pretty proud of that. That is yeah. what I've wanted for myself, is to end things as gracefully as I could. Am Absolutely. I perfect at it? Absolutely not. I am still human. Yeah. But I'm working on it. Yeah. 
So for me, that's emotionally how it looks is mm. I'm still going to grieve. I'm still going to move through that grief, but I'm going to try to keep that pointed inward instead of pointing it outward. Yeah. For me, like, um, and I may have said this before, but part of why I identify as solo poly is because you're making yourself your primary partner. Like that sort of definition is really like spoken to me, especially as I'm going through this journey of like healing over never making myself the priority, you know? So when I think about that, I do sometimes see myself as my partner, as if like I was trying to be like, oh, what would I, what would this person need, you know? So an exit plan for me would also look like, you know, money that I put aside to take like a class, you Mm -hmm. know, like to do a hobby, maybe sign up for like an online writing course. That's actually a newsletter that I paid 15 dollars for that just gets sent to me <laughs> weekly in my email um uh and just things that i know i can pour that energy into which is still like honoring that energy too yeah you know sometimes little like letting go rituals too like sometimes i do explore like a little bit of spirituality in practice i like to call it and that does i, I learn a lot of it from like witchy culture and things like that and rituals and stuff but this idea of like pouring all my intention is something that makes me feel seen makes me feel heard Um, I also immediately communicated to my closest people. Yeah. Like that's also like saying like, guess who's going through a crisis? (laughs) Me. Yeah. And I think having accountability friends who, especially in breakups, can kind of call you out when you're getting a little too maybe hateful towards the other person or maybe directing Mm -hmm. that energy in the wrong way where they can just kind of, you know, gently guide you back. Yeah. Kind of talk you down from that. Yeah. Um, Just so it doesn't fester people around you who know which way you want to grow and I even specifically say it that way because like there are times where the friend it won't seem like a friend but it's the most friend thing they can do to you at that time is to be real with you now if you're going to end a relationship which many of us have gone through it many of us will go through it Mm -hmm. it is okay as well to request from the people around you to not make it a negative thing yeah their way of comforting is going to automatically more than likely be well he's a terrible person she's a terrible person i can't believe they did this to you Mm -hmm. i hate them like it is okay to request from people not to do that yeah um i think a lot of times also in when people pass a lot of people don't know how to comfort or console people who are going through grief so they say things that maybe aren't as helpful which suck which suck i'll be honest yeah um the whole like they're in a better place i have to tell you the false well not false but the things like the things that people will tell you who haven't experienced grief it almost feels like just like this moment's about you almost where it's like you don't know what to say to me in my grief so you're trying to say the best thing so you can leave this situation feeling like you did a good thing yeah that that i hate that yeah it like honestly if you don't know what to say say you don't know what to say or just say it sucks yeah I actually told that to my therapist and I got a kick out of the fact that at first she wasn't sure what to do that and now she actually started using that just saying it sucks that sucks because sometimes that's all you can say yeah and it's still validating of that person's experience too but you're not there's no length of what you will write to a person and that changes it's not going to change And so you can tell people and put up those boundaries of like, hey, um, you know, we're going through this ending, we're going through a divorce, we're going, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I ask or we ask that you support us, bring us positive energy, and understand that we are trying to navigate this in a graceful way. And we would like for you to support both of us in that. Yeah. That, and, and that's how I handled it, too, when uh, yes. when I was ending my marriage. It's definitely like, you know, I know it, 
maybe some people wouldn't agree, but I definitely went for the Facebook post. You know, a lot of people I know are going to be checking there. So it's kind of like my way of controlling the narrative. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you're about to see my name change. And that's okay. That's okay. You know, and I did ask specifically, I'm like, hey, please don't like jump in the comments to be like, I'm so sorry. You know, like if anything, support us both through this. And it's also like, I think that was such a kind gesture, especially for us both who are people who work in a similar network Mm -hmm. to say like, hey, like, yeah, when we're still a part of each other's network. So like, I'm not doing like, this isn't like a hate thing. And I also wanted, you know, like it to be a grace, a grace to both of us for when we do start new relationships after where it's like, hey, this wasn't messy. So when you see pictures of either me or my ex with another person, please be supportive. You yeah. know, please, like, if you see them happy, let them be happy. Yeah. It goes back to, like, don't bring your fear to their love island, you know? Like, I, I mean, and, like, when we're talking about, like, yeah, asking for people for support, like, there are certain friends that I have trusted with that more bratty side of me where I'm like, hey, like, I know you're not going to slander this person publicly, but I do need to talk some shit. Yeah. I need to, I need to have a moment. Yeah. But it's still, like, it, it's how you, how you frame that, you know? It's not like me saying, like, this is my narrative about how this has ended. No, this is me saying, like, yeah, I'm going to have a really weak moment where I'm going to say, like, that person's a meanie, and I hate them. And yeah. I hope that, they, they, I hope that w- they go to turn on their car, and then they realize they don't have enough gas to get to work that day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like... They go to put on their shoes, they have no shoelaces. Yeah, yeah. They, they go to put... Oh, spider in it. Done. Yeah. I hope that happens. No, no. <laughs> but, like, but it's, like, yeah, and it, you know, the gentle guide back, like, and, and there are even times, like, especially between you and me, where I'll be like, oh, that freaking sucked, and it's, like, this nice, gentle bringing back of, like, but that was really, you know how do we say like that that was very what it needed to be for that time like yeah. that was that was not wrong that was not a mistake you're not a bad person you didn't make a mistake like we're learning from it and that and that's where like when i say things like oh man you know when you're going through that kind of stuff it's so deeply complex it's like because yeah like yeah you have this deep love for a person and you told yourself your whole life that's all you needed to make it work and unfortunately that isn't all you need to make it work especially if you look at these two people who like want to have a shot at being happy in this one life they have yeah. You know, I can't give you the happiness that you're going to get from another person. And like, yeah, I release. I release. And in our friendship, too, we also talked about the potential of it ending. Yes. So yeah. there was a time, especially because of the beginning of our friendship, there it was almost, you know, following an end of a friendship for you. Mm-hmm. And so it was relevant to what we were both learning. And we did kind of talk about how, like, certain friendships have, like, a three to five year cycle almost, especially when you're on the growth path, because it just seems to be where, like, that's where the growth starts and you start growing out of certain friendships yes. and things like that. So it did become really relevant to us as people who are not only working together, but developing a very close friendship, too. Yes. You know? And we do have the added dynamic that we work together, which I don't know that we've mentioned on the podcast directly. I actually just know a very specific amount of April's job. Yeah. Well, stalker. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So for us, you know, like we do, it was responsible for us to speak to what does that look like if we're not friends Mm -hmm. and how does that work with now we work together, we have a podcast together. Mm Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a little awkward if we're on the podcast. I'm like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> I hate you. It's it becomes very clinical. <laughs> it's very like, hello, hello, yes, welcome, welcome to Freaks, Kings, and Geeks. Oh my, mm, I hate her. <laughs> <laughs> this is bitch one, and this is bitch two, and fuck both of you anyway. <laughs> so you know, we've spoken to that. We've recognized that this might not be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, what I also appreciated that was that um, it 
it was the most like I definitely felt like you made the importance of our friendship almost as important as like romantic connection to where it's like that was something that I'd always like struggled with in my close friendships is feeling like oh I feel like I'm at left at an arm's length because I'm not a romantic partner like there's this different column of like well, this is the person I'm doing this with but you're just a friend you know mm-hmm. so it kind of was able to like like I love when you refer to me as your PP you know mm-hmm. because it's like it's Platonic not this partner not this archaic title of like best friends like we're kids but it did, did speak to like that closeness observing it validating it and then you know as a significant piece for both of us looking at like okay and what does that look like when it doesn't and kind of saying like that doesn't mean that any of this has been any less meaningful or lovely you know or that we have to hate each other or we have to hate each other you know so and we don't know when it will end it could be in a year it could be in 50 years or again three to five years i think we've already we're already beyond the the three-year mark and i was like nervous and then at the five-year mark i will once again come in crying (laughs) <laughs> this is the Minimum. this was the last one. <laughs> I think you're hitting the five year mark. I think we're there next year. Oh my god, are we? This shut year? up, shut up, stop. Are Some we? Point Don't soon. Do I? Do we just get separate offices? We just dress in all black. <laughs> we finally open up a second location, and it's I'm like, get out. You send me there. Ah, oh, down. Ah, sack. I mean, that would be fine. Yeah, we would make it work. So, and that's, you know, so in practice, that's what it looks like when it's not romantic. Yeah. And I think that's healthy too. Yeah. So, you know. Really don't forget about that care piece. Yeah. Truly, this is an act of caring and an act of kindness and an act of continued love. And when you are at the height, when it is going good, that's you being best equipped for that. Correct. So to wrap it up. I'm going to let go of this episode. Gracefully. I think we both loaded up a very different joke. <laughs> different podcast. Um, so this is us doing the podcast from two separate locations also. <laughs> so have a plan. Do it when times are good. Be caring for yourself. Be caring for others. Let go gracefully. Keep it is right, okay. Keep the right people around you who keep you on the course. Yep. And now we will let you go gracefully because you're probably wanting to stab yourself in the eyeball because we've been talking at you for almost an hour. It's been a long time of the talking, but it was very needed. So gracefully, we will go. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.